the firm establishments of the mind. But when we come to train in this, what we'll notice is that our minds like to think, they like to proliferate about things. And what they uh, think about is all tied up with self, with me and mine. We first uh, build the sense of self, and then from that flows a sense of others, um, other people. So the mind attaches to these thoughts as well, taking these thoughts as belonging to me. We can see that in the space of one day, or even one hour, there are many births that take place. This feeling of me is born many, many times. And there's clinging, there's attachment within that as well. And this is the cause for suffering to arise within our hearts. So if our minds have wisdom and have knowledge, then we'll be able to uh, control our minds to a degree and develop them as well, cultivate them to higher levels. So with this wisdom, then delusion won't be present in the mind and our hearts will have energy. They'll be energized by samadhi and mindfulness and wisdom. And this is the highest form of merit. The merit that we gain from doing good deeds and giving, uh, that brings great benefit. And the gift of our forgiveness brings even greater benefit still. But the Buddha taught that those people who are interested in the practice have a sincerity in cultivating their minds, bringing their hearts to peace. Um, that practice brings the greatest form of benefit. Um, the goodness that comes to us from that is huge. But this practice requires our effort, our forbearance and patience as well to wait for results to come to us. Because sometimes the mind is not peaceful. It's in a agitated and chaotic state. But that's the time when we train our minds. Because if our minds already have calm, they already have wisdom, then there's no need to train them. So at the beginning, it's a real slog, it's a fight, and it's difficult. Um, and the reason that it's so tough is because there are things there that are binding our hearts. They're covering them over. Mainly the sense of self, taking things personally that our mind is so involved in. And that's what binds our heart, what ties it up, this Sakaya Ditti, the self-view, the view that is deeply entrenched within our minds. Seeing things in terms of me and mine, in terms of self. But if we contemplate this through wisdom, and contemplate into the bodies that we take to be self, we'll see whether they're male or female, they're all a heap of different elements. There are a heap of earth, a heap of water, a heap of air, a heap of fire. 
And so that's all it is, just these elements that have come together. And there's no self there within it at all. It's just earth, water, fire, and air. And it's the same for everyone. If you take a human's body and separate these elements out, then that's what you'll get. If you take an animal and you separate the body out, you'll just get a heap of elements. There's no difference there. It's just the same elements. And even trees, mountains, if you separate them out, you'll get a heap of elements as well. So if our minds have peace, then when we view this, we'll perceive the lack of self within these things, that there's just elements there. There's no me, there's no mine. The things that we love or the people that we're fond of, they're a heap of elements that have come together. The people we hate, they're a heap of elements as well. And so whether we love or we hate someone, their bodies are just these four elements, just like my body. There's no difference there. So in order to see this, we need to have a mind that is well collected. But if there's no peace and no stability to the mind, then uh, we'll be constantly proliferating. So the Buddha said that this contemplation of the four elements is appropriate for those people who are inclined towards mindfulness and wisdom. And some people, when they contemplate asubha, are seeing things as unattractive, then it's very quick for anger to arise within them. And especially for foreigners, for Westerners, uh, that when they contemplate into the unattractive nature of the body, um, then the dosa, this anger or hatred, will arise very quickly. So we need to practice uh, being aware of our own temperament. So if we have the inclination towards wisdom, then the contemplation of the elements and of emptiness is very appropriate. And we see that when these elements separate out and deteriorate, then they all turn into emptiness. So when the mind sees this state of emptiness, then it's seen the Dhamma. But it happens little by little. And slowly but surely it gains clarity that we see things uh, more clearly than before. So for us, we need to contemplate. Um, and to do this, it depends on our effort and really trying to do it. So we need to develop and bring up mindfulness and samadhi. And when we've done that, then wisdom will come following. Because panya uh, arises from sati and samadhi. We also depend upon the energy of our heart, and initially uh, that will be the energy of faith. This is the first form of energy that comes along. And there's also the power of the merits that we have created. So for everyone who has come here today, 
you could have been sleeping uh, very comfortably in your houses, but instead you've traveled all the way to the monastery to offer food, to listen to the Dhamma, cultivating your hearts to higher levels. So for the Buddhists in Thailand who have faith, this is a good opportunity that we have because COVID isn't so bad anymore, so we can come to the monastery. But in Melbourne, for instance, it's under lockdown, and the people who want to go and make merit at the monastery, they're just not able to do that. So for us, we're very lucky, and it shows that we have the merit to be able to make more merit. But we don't know how long that's going to last for, so we should use it as best we can to do acts of goodness and to cultivate our hearts. So even though we may be well off materially, um, but in this country uh, we're not very powerful in terms of uh, weaponry. We don't have any nuclear weapons. Um, and the armed forces um, aren't exceptionally strong. But we do have strength of heart. We have this great opportunity um, to build up wisdom. And wisdom is a great strength that we have. So even though in terms of materialism we may be not be so powerful, uh, but in terms of in terms of spiritual things, uh, we are very strong. So some people we can see have everything externally, but their hearts aren't good, and they don't keep the five precepts, and so their lives can turn into a bit of a mess, and they're just not accepted in the societies that they live in. So therefore, these five precepts are very strong practices, very important practices that we must develop in our lives. So we have wisdom and we have faith. And from that comes energy in our hearts. And also with that energy, we'll be able to put an effort in the practice, making our hearts stronger. And our strength of mind comes from stillness. And we all know that to gain a strong body, we need to move it around. And we also need to gain balance in the way that we take uh, care of our bodies, getting our bodies into a just right state. Because if they weigh too much, then they'll become ill. If they weigh too little, they'll lack energy. So there needs to be this sense of balance. So for myself, uh, when I was younger, I weighed 45 kilograms, and that was too little. I didn't have much energy. And staying in a forest monastery, you need quite a lot of energy because the work can be very demanding. But I did have the physical strength to do a lot of sitting and walking meditation and to not let up on that. So taking care of our bodies, it's like we abandon the evil in the body. So we know what things are unhealthy, what things harm our bodies, like taking too much sugar, for example. If we really like sweet things, then 
we know we need to rejoice that, reduce that. And this is like abandoning the evil in the body. Because having too much sugar or too much of anything will cause sickness. So something we do need to have a sense of control over and let go of. So this is talking about the body. But with regards to our hearts, then wisdom and sati is like food for our minds. And if we don't, and also uh, dhamma is a very important food for the heart as well. And if our minds lack dhamma, then they lack freshness, they lack vitality. If there's a lot of greed, then the heart will be very hot. There won't be any coolness to it. If there's a lot of anger, the mind will be aggravated and stirred up. If there's a lot of delusion, then there'll be heat to the heart as well. So there was a recluse or a uh, rishi that the Buddha taught um, who was leading a group of ascetics uh, in fire-worshipping practices. So the Buddha taught him and uh, his group about heat, saying that these kilesas are hot things. They were able to contemplate into the Dhamma that he taught them and they could attain to the Dhamma. So this was Uluvela Kasapa and his 300 disciples, and all of them were able to attain to Arahantship. So we can see that the training of our minds is a great form of merit for us. And the fact that we have an interest in meditation is quite amazing, and it's something that's not easy to come by. And even though we may get distracted and amused by the things of the world, uh, we can then regain our mindfulness and contemplate those very things in terms of Dhamma. So the things that we see around us, even though we may get lost in that, uh, when we regain our sense ourselves, then we can contemplate it. So maybe we like going to the seaside and watching the waves. But if we contemplate those waves, we can see that it's Dhamma they're teaching us, that they uh, rise and they fall, and they're constantly changing. Maybe we see a fishing boat uh, going along, and we um, can contemplate into the difficulty of life, that these people have to go out every day um, trying to catch fish. And that's very difficult for them to do, but they need it to maintain their lives. So we contemplate all the things that we see in terms of Dhamma. And this is leading our minds to wisdom through the act of contemplation. When we do this frequently, then our hearts will become settled in peace and wisdom is able to arise. So we should try to meditate and cultivate our minds as best we can. And we also chant and use this opportunity well. When we're at home, we chant a lot, we meditate a lot, and the devas then will come to our house frequently because the devas like listening to the Dhamma. They like being around people who practice. 
So we can see for ourselves that we come to the monastery, we offer food, we listen to the Dhamma, and there's joy that arises in the heart from that. And uh, there's a certain uh, subtleness to our minds at that point. And so the heart has turned into a deva at that time. So devas have bodies that are made of crystal and light. And with us, um, externally, our external body uh, may be that of a human, but the internal body is that of this crystal light. And so there's an aura um, that radiates uh, from us as well, that radiates from the heart, that comes from the merit that we've created. And so listening to the Dhamma, offering food, then joy imbues our hearts. And when we recollect the Buddha, then this pity it fills up our hearts as well. We recollect that we're able to do this goodness because the Buddha arose in the world and he developed the Bharami uh, to be able to become fully self-awakened. He then went out to teach the Dhamma and there were many beings who attained to that Dhamma who became Aryas. Now, this Arya is a state of nobility and it means being far away from the enemy, which is the defilements. It's something that all of us are able to do, whether we're young or old, whether we're male or female. We're able to walk on this path, we're able to practice to imbue our hearts with kindness and compassion for the sake of leading ourselves out of suffering. Some people develop metta through becoming vegetarian. And when they eat uh, just food that doesn't have meat, then they feel very at ease internally, feeling like they're not harming any beings. And there are times when I eat vegetarian food as well. And um, in order to develop metta. So when we do this, then we're not harming any animals, and the heart feels very calm and comfortable. So we do it if we can do it, uh, but for monks it can be quite difficult um, because we don't have much choice about what we eat. Uh, but for lay people, you have more choice. So maybe you can choose to not eat large animals. And we understand that through harming animals, uh, that becomes a cause for sickness to arise in our bodies. Now, these illnesses come from the harming of beings, the karma that we have created. And if we have strong bodies, that's a result of not having harmed others. So all of us should be very intent in this training and cultivating our minds and uh, developing them until we reach happiness, this internal joy. So this joy of heart, it's our food, it's our mental food. Um, we may eat physical food uh, one time a day, or two, three, maybe even four times a day. Uh, but if the nourishment we're giving our hearts is too little, 
then there just won't be any joy within us. So we need to feed our minds so that they have happiness, that they have this internal nourishment. So we try to do this every day. We do it on a regular basis. And I give my anamodana, I rejoice in the goodness that everyone here has created. And now it's time for the blessings. So all of us should spread metta while we're listening to the blessing as well. <laughs>